Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. Yo, what's up everybody? I'm K-Cartoon. I'm Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a podcast where we discuss trending topics, current news with a philosophical and comedic flair, and our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. You could check us out at audioapesmusic.com. That's our website and it has everything you need to know about us from our music videos, our music itself, and our podcast. That's audioapesmusic.com and you can follow us on Twitter at Hanging with Apes. We got a great show for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about Trump and the end of DACA. We're going to talk about a possible war with North Korea. Talk about Hurricane Irma and the verge of it hitting the coast of the United States. And we're getting into a little bit of a back and forth on documentaries. Hell yes. It seems like it's going to be the end of days. Hurricanes and freaking wars. And immigrants and... Hydrogen bombs. And and Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's rough. We're we're uh we're sorry we're yeah. sorry. So I guess we could start on uh we finished our last podcast talking about Hurricane Harvey and now we're dealing with Hurricane Irma. Yeah. What in the fuck? Florida governor declares state of emergency in regards to Hurricane Irma as early as Sunday that they're saying right. So Sunday it's gonna hit. Um, it's making its round through Puerto Rico, Cuba, pretty much that whole little area, and then making its way to South Florida. What does this mean? It's supposed to hit. <laughs> so you know what's good though. Yeah. Is that we're a lot better as a nation, and and obviously the states that deal with hurricanes on a more regular basis, be getting prepared because like from now till Sunday, that's yeah. like enough time for even the poorest of the poor to like get the hell out of Dodge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. and really, in all honesty, pack up everything. Really, like you know, obviously, like everybody's situation is different, and depending on what your uh, your resources are. But still, like, from now until Sunday, it's like you can get out. And, you know, I still know that there's a lot of people that don't want to leave their homes, the sentimental value, and, and, and I know that's an issue. But your life is, is more important. I mean, you know, homes can be rebuilt. You know, things, th- th- that situation can be fixed. But your life and your family and your family heirlooms, like, if you have enough time to pack up and get out, yeah. just do it. And, you know, and yeah, that's what you pay for uh, that uh, like uh, hurricane insurance. Well, not hurricane insurance, but in in the mortgage insurance and all that stuff. But you, you, know, you know what happens a lot, though, with situations like this, when it's um like so much at once, the insurance in. company goes belly up because they can't pay out all these people. Yeah, that's that's where it kind of. Yeah, so that that up. does suck. And and, you know, by no means would I ever make it sound like I'm undermining or or not, you know, grasping the full gravity of what it's like for somebody to lose their home. But still, at the end of the day, being alive, you know, is better than yeah. being dead and still losing your home. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if you have an opportunity to get out of that area, just get out. Hell yeah. Uh, and, and, and another thing, too, is uh, sometimes when it comes to these situations, you start, you know, kind of being overwhelmed and really stressed out, which is natural because, I mean, these are things that you don't want to deal with or that, you know, you know, you ask, well, why me? But uh, at the end of the day, just be grateful to the fact that you're alive and that, you know, you're going to get through it. You know, that's just things that always happen. If it's not one thing, it's always going to be another, you know, like bad things happen. And at the end of the day, it's it's one of those moments where I feel like you should sit down, reflect, and be like, hey, you know what? At least I'm alive, and, you know, I can move forward, and I have the choice to move forward, and, you know, I'm grateful for that. 
So it, it, it's hard, obviously, going through that stuff and, 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 you know, going through the stress and everything. But it's one of those things that it's always good to, to remember. And then when when it's all said and done and, and you know, the hurricane has passed or any, any, any bad, like, situation like this, you kind of look back and be like, damn, like, you know, look at the resolve that we had and how we handled the situation. You know, yeah, and it really does, in a lot of senses, bring out the best in people because you're seeing all these, like, heroic stories from Houston of people going back and saving elderly people from nursing homes and and just people helping one another and like it's not about like you know racism or 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 politics or, or yeah or policy or anything like that it's just people helping people and, and then you're seeing a lot of uh people with money like celebrities and whatnot step up and donate and and outdoing themselves what was it a jj watt set a goal i oh, i, I yeah. want to say For of Harvey? like he set a goal of like two hundred thousand, and then he ended up like reaching like eighteen million. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's great. great. And you know, getting trucks, and you know, and, and so now there's you know plenty of of successful people that come from Florida that I'm sure will will do the same thing. And then just the everyday person donating. There's all kind of uh, 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 text numbers that you could text to donate. The Red Cross app. There's all kind of stuff. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's just something, you know, important to recognize when it comes to these situations that a lot of times we we focus on the bad and the negative, but it can bring out the best in people. And and also like a situation like that, you know, adding to what you're saying, you see how people are quick to reject negativity. I don't know if you saw the there was a Charlie Hebdo cartoon, which had like it had like all the people it had like people from Texas, I would assume with their hands up with the Nazi salute and had the Nazi and didn't really get any traction or even um, which one was it? Uh, not Charlie Hepto political had another one where it was kind of making fun of like Texans. He had like a Confederate shirt, I guess. Uh-huh. And he's like, is that an angel? And it was like the government kind of saying that, you know, Oh, now you like government. And, uh-huh. and it was, it was really funny how it, it didn't get any traction because like you're over here trying to make a political point on yeah, a situation. That's, that's ugly. Yeah. It, it, and it's, it's bad. It, you know what's what's terrible about it is the fact that like everyone always wants to generalize. So, oh, if you're from Texas, since it's a red state, you're a Nazi. You know that, and that's so messed up, and it's so, and it's very irresponsible for you to be, you know, you know, like in in journalism and to do something like that. And and I'm glad that it was met with, you know, like you know, just people ignoring it and people just being like, oh, these guys are silly. We're over here, you know, dealing with stuff. You see President Trump over there. People are just happy he's helping out. And you see, you know, you're talking about uh, J.J. Watt. Just everyone in general, they're, they're focused on like, hey, this is a disaster. We need to yeah, help each other. Yeah. The, 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 Somehow, some the good way, people yeah. and the realest of the real, they're not going to focus on that in, in a time such as that. And that, that's very ugly journalism on that part. And, and it's so funny because the the lack of integrity and i remember um i don't remember if this was a college class or a high school class i want to say it was a college class and i want to say philosophy but i'm not 100 percent sure but maybe you remember the assignment because we had some of the same classes mm-hmm. but there was um i i believe it was philosophy though so the, it, it posed the question is if you were a journalist and uh, you're, you, you get to a, you get to a house where the report is that a grandfather just backed up his pickup truck in his driveway and killed his four-year-old granddaughter on her tricycle because he didn't see her. And 
he's you know the the media is there the police are there it's a whole fucking circus and you see him the grandfather the one who did it accidentally in the kitchen just bawling his eyes out with one hand on the counter leaning against it and like just the perfect amount of sun shining through the window and the scenario is perfect for you to take a picture as a journalist do you take that picture? And and the assignment was pretty much you have to explain why you would or would not. Yeah. <clears throat> so I remember vividly like the cutthroat personalities that said that they would because it's their job as a journalist to get to capture the 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 story. And let's be honest, if you're talking in terms of capturing the story, yeah. that is the like there's probably no greater picture to that would capture the story than that. Like the dude yeah. crying, leaning against the counter in the kitchen with her picture on the on the refrigerator. Like, it just tells everything like something devastating happened. Yeah. Me, personally, I didn't. Like, I said that I wouldn't because just my integrity, like, would not allow me to, yeah. like, capture that because I feel like that's not a moment that that is mine to capture. Now, writing about it is different, but, like, that picture for me... Is, is going overboard. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I do have a job as a journalist. Yeah. And I'll, I'll write about the story. And, and you know, I'll, I'll give my take on it. But that picture, to me, is is going overboard. And I feel like it lacks integrity. I would agree. So, with with you're, you're seeing... You're not seeing that in today's journalism, though. You're not seeing a lot of that. Like, like it's like you want to... They want to take the opportunity with people at their lowest to to like expose them and capitalize off of it and then it ain't even it ain't even non-biased because even in a situation like the 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 scenario I just threw out there even in that situation it's there's really no propaganda behind it it's just capturing the situation yeah. so even that would have more integrity than this shit where like now it's all like propaganda too you know yeah. what i'm saying so yeah. it's not only like the lack of integrity but it's now you have an agenda to push you know so it, yeah. it just makes it double bad yeah and uh it's sad it's sad that that journalism has sunken so low you know well yeah because at the end of the day um you want you want to focus on the right thing and i know you know uh at least charlie hepto they have that whole situation with the muslim with the Muslim cartoon or whatever, and you know, so so I wouldn't even say that they're just being biased in in like in whatever in in this picture or whatever. They, well, in this picture they are being biased, but what I'm saying is sometimes you have to realize too is like, what are you trying to tell the public? Are you trying to? Is this all just really controversy and you know the biggest headlines and and you know just making the the most money you can? Or are you truly trying to give perspective? You know, because right. at the end of the day, you know, you can always give perspective. But I don't know that, like, for example, this this cartoon with the Nazi flags and people from Texas, you know, doing the salute. I don't know that that, that honestly portrays people from Texas. I don't know what you're trying to say. All I really see is you trying to make a political point. With something that has nothing to do with politics, and, and 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 that's what's so crazy about it is that it reveals less about the subject of the picture and more about the illustrator. 
Exactly. Like it reveals more. Like it's this is more revealing about you than it is about about these people that you're trying to demean in their time of need. Really, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it's sort of like, I, and I'm sure you've seen it. That video that was circulating on the internet where the CNN reporter she's trying to uh, interview the black lady with her child, oh, and the yeah. black lady gets all belligerent yeah. and saying like, you know, y- y'all trying to interview us when we're at our worst and this and that, and then the reporter is like constantly saying sorry while never taking the camera off of the lady yeah it's like if you're sorry be like hey all right like move to the side get me now like yeah. you're there and you still have the mic in her face yeah no. and the camera st- is still on her but you're oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and then and then you know the lady is getting yeah. more and more mad because yeah bitch, you're saying you're sorry but how come the camera is still on yeah. yeah how come you're still the mic is still in my face yeah and and a lot of people from like Steven Crowder to just other people that I, I follow on, on some politics stuff. They they had a lot of good stuff to say about that. And it really just it exposed CNN for what they are. Like, yeah. that's a total lack of integrity. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, first off, why don't you first see, like find somebody that wants to talk to you yeah. about it? Because I'm sure you'll find somebody. Yeah. But no, you saw this situation and you probably thought that you could use them as a political pawn. Be like... Maybe get them to say something about oh President Trump's not doing enough or whatever. Yeah. That's probably what their aim was. Yeah. yeah. And and then and then you know the lady the lady is you know mad probably in one of or if not the worst situation of her life with her daughter. Yeah. And like you know you're just trying to capitalize it and, off of it. Even if you're in the right, because you know sometimes you'll be like, oh, hey, can we interview you? And if they say yes, okay, you're in the right. But once she gets belligerent, she says that it was oh well we apologize, we're gonna take the camera off. We had, and then just explain. I had asked her had she wanted to be in the interview. Exactly. Obviously, it's an emotional time, and obviously, right now she can't handle it, and that's it. It is what it is. Right. That but way they, you keep your integrity. But they're not transparent. Yeah. That would yeah. be like the transparent thing to do. Like, yeah. hey, you know, we asked. She didn't want to. You know, she, she's obviously a very, very emotional. We understand. Yeah. But no, that like that's too transparent for for them to do. Yeah. So, that's that's uh, that's pretty much uh, how we've uh, handled. I mean. Besides the little hiccups here and there, um, again, the, with the whole Harvey thing, we've handled it well, and I'm very confident that the whole situation with Irma, Hurricane Irma, is going to be handled very well. And, and that's what's crazy. It The people have handled it well, but the media has not. No, no. And, and that's that's what's so wild. And, and it used to be, you know, back in the day in history, it used to be the opposite. Like, the media was like, the the bringers of truth yeah. now it's like and you can't trust shit that these motherfuckers yeah. say and, and, you know on one hand obviously it's good you have coverage on it that's excellent the most coverage you can have on this situation the better because people are aware you know i've you know we've tweeted we've i've snapchatted you know like hey this is the number you call for red cross donate you know you could just donate ten dollars you can help out it's a it's amazing what media can do what coverage can do but on the other hand, we have the situations that you're talking about. Not only that, uh, another situation that really upset me too is like, and this was really like n- not just CNN, just in general media, uh, always saying, oh, well, Trump, uh, it seems like he just lacks empathy. He's lacking so much empathy. Oh, my God, he's not kissing babies. He's not doing this. He, uh, who cares? What you think anyone cares? Anything? I mean, if my, if my whole like life 
is is just destroyed because of this like i don't care what the fuck trump is doing i don't you know it's not trump's job to feel like trump came and he's like hey we're handling it right he's he's handling the logistics of it he's handling you know he's trying to help out where he can like so what he's not giving babies kisses you know what i'm saying and then what's messed up is like then he goes and he's helping and they have pictures of him like holding kids and you know taking pictures with people so it's like you're over here worried about someone lacking empathy and the human side who cares this is not about that no one cares how trump is handling this this is not about trump this is about the people in texas this is about the people handling this situation in harvey and you know how are we going to work this mess out not you know yeah. what trump did, did trump shed a tear and to me that's like that's how bad media has gotten where like they care about these little things like oh well I didn't see him cry. I just saw Obama cry. You know, right. Bush would have cried and Hillary would have cried too. But Trump, he's just not human. Who cares? Like, yeah. no one cares. No one in Harvey cares about this. So, again, you show the disconnect between media and people because people just don't give a, a shit about and, those and things. And a, a good way to close out this segment uh, is from a quote from Podcast Movement that we had uh, this year. A podcast is the best way to gather unfiltered information that hasn't been watered down by the mainstream media. And that's exactly what this discussion is. Yeah. And, and that's why you're seeing more and more people rely on podcasters to get better news than the mainstream media yeah. because the mainstream media has their agenda and it's a lot of propaganda. So uh, just something to think about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, moving on to... DACA, which is, um, what is it, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, right? That's what it stands for. Yep. And essentially, it was something that was put in place by President Obama in 2012. And effectively, what it did was it made, uh, if you were between the ages of 16 and 30, right? Mm -hmm. If you're between the ages of 16 and 30, uh, you were granted like a temporary status here in the United States. Didn't mean you were a citizen. Um, but it just it just yeah. kind of meant that like you could be on the path to citizenship without you know the worry of getting deported. And so it said. You know, well, actually, I I want to say that political broke the story. That was the first people that I saw today. I don't know if you like you had any different sources, but I I saw that political broke the story from a source inside Trump's administration that said that tomorrow he's set to announce that he's he's gonna end DACA in six months and give Congress six months to come up with uh, I guess a a, a new plan or a new system or, or figure out how they're gonna go about the ending of DACA, you know, so whether it's going to deport some people, deport all the people, whether or not they're going to grant amnesty to some people, maybe whether or not they're going to expedite the path to citizenship for some of the people that might already be in the process. Sticky stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sticky, sticky stuff. Uh, I guess just generally speaking, how do you feel about it? Well, I feel, I feel that th the DACA was never a clear cut answer. I feel that it was well, just even like a Obama himself said it was not clear cut. Yeah, so I feel well, that's that's good. I mean, we have six months to to pass that. You brought up a good point, um, and it was uh, the United States has been so passive with illegal immigration, where somewhere along the line, people have forgotten that legal immigration is a thing. Yeah, it's not fair to those who have been waiting and have done everything by the book to get skipped over. So you look at that, and it's sad. It's sad because. 
you start forgetting. It's like you've been waiting, you know, in line and, and you've done everything by the book. And then there's other people who just are here, which, you know, from 16 to 30, you, you, you could have came here at a very young age and you didn't have control over that. But it still didn't really, DACA didn't really have a, a roadmap. So I feel that now the legislation that could be put forward in the next six months could ease a lot of those situations. And what I mean by that is like, look at the numbers. Are you a productive citizen or, or, or not a productive citizen, oh, a productive member of society at this yeah. moment? How can we get paperwork for you to, you know, either get on this list expedite that you you actually brought up another good point too which was uh like have like, like uh, sessions sessions yeah. where people were people could come and pretty much testify on behalf of somebody and their productivity and depending on who you're able to get to testify for you that could mean a lot because see the the thing is um and this is very important yeah. i feel like for a lot of people not not everybody, obviously, but for a lot of people that are illegal and come from, you know, a different country, they, in today's day and age, they don't come over here with the willingness and openness to accept American, like, values. They yeah. come over here and, and they kind of are on some, oh, like, the pride for, the pride of the, con my country pride is my homeland. Yeah. Well, no, you can't really, like, th that's sort of a, an oxymoron. Then why are you here then? If, if like, exactly. the country that you're proud of is the one that you're more or less fleeing from, yeah. then why aren't you here, like, adapting more American values? Yeah. And actually, what's, what um, I, I remembered when, like, this whole thing, the story broke and I started reading about it was, uh, I remember V, you remember V, like, we, when yeah. we were growing up, we used to hang out with him and, like, play football with him. V and I don't, I don't really know if he was legal or not, but I know he, his, his value system was like a more Mexican immigrant type of value system than, yeah. and the way that he was. And I remember distinctly having a conversation with him about um, the 4th of July. And, you know, because, you know, we were out of school, it was summertime, you know, and then we were kids back then, so we're always in the streets playing and stuff. Yeah. So we were talking, and, and I, I don't know, like, what I asked him. I think I asked him, you know, what's your favorite holiday or something along those lines. And he said, uh, well, he likes the 4th of July because of the fireworks, but but that's it. And I was like, oh, well, you don't like it because, like, what it means? Because, it, I mean, it really is pretty much the 4th of July is the day that, like, uh, of, the, of the birth of all the greatest shit ever. Like, yeah. pretty much, like, for the most part. Like, yeah. because of the 4th of July in history... Like, we get to live the lives that we do, you yeah. know, and why so many people are here. So, anyway, he um, he was like, oh, no, nah, like, Mexico's way better. Mexico's way better. Like, he said that, and I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, Mexico's way better. No, it's not. And then he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, like, it's way better over there. So, I'm thinking to myself, then why are you here? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why did yeah. your family come here? Like, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, obviously, because they wanted a better life. And, and and that's a problem. See, we were yeah. kids, I, I obviously, and we were in podcasting back then, like, you know, and I didn't think about it as deeply as I do now. Yeah. But back then, you know, he was our age. It's like, what does that set forth? Like, that you have this idea that Mexico is better, then, well, then why are you here? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and, and that's the problem. And, and I feel like there wouldn't be so much of this... Um, 
I guess, uh, if you how if you want to call it pandering to white nationalists, if there was more of that, because maybe not even white nationalists, just nationalists. Because I would say I'm a nationalist. Not a, obviously I'm not white, but like I'm not a white nationalist. Yeah. But I'm a nationalist. I'm for my country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've noticed since that time on forward, I've seen a lot less embrace of the American spirit from 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 uh, immigrants yeah. than than I would like to see. Well, well, even okay. So on one point, you you point out V, which is the completely wrong situation to deal with, and then you have a guy like uh, which is one of our closest friends, Eric who has learned English and is like really like his English is really good for, for as long as he's been here. Um, entrepreneurship on point. Uh, he's in the DACA system. Hard the, worker. Yeah. Hard worker. Uh, always making moves, always improving. You're adopting the American culture and you're becoming better. Yeah. So, so how do we, and then this is again, this is what in six months, how do we eliminate the ones who aren't really doing, they're not really about shit, they're not really like stimulating, yeah, they're not contributing to the American culture, to, to society, to to the economy, really. Um, how do we remove these people, and how do you give the opportunity to the people who are really about it, who are really trying to make moves, who are maybe in school for, you know, on, on some, you know, I'm in the medical field, I'm in, I'm in the sciences, I'm, people that will make our country better. So, yeah. that's, that's where you have to find like that that line and and it's like where all parties are treated fairly so the people that have been waiting in line you know how do we how do we implement uh these people um then the people that were in the daca program that would be very productive people in our society and then thirdly the people that again are really not about shit and probably shouldn't be here because they're not really doing anything and they're causing crime. some yes and some of them are leeches actually yeah. they're actually like a a drain yeah. on, on society more than a contributor so so yeah so so that's the thing and, and the thing is i hate it when stuff like this happens and there's a headline and and people don't really realize that there's logistics behind all this it's mm -hmm. not like oh the end of, like i remember when uh when uh when the story broke out i don't know i don't know exactly what time because i was uh when i woke up i had all the headlines or whatever and it's like everyone's like oh oh that's so fucked up all oh, this this and that all oh, this like can you relax it says six months congress has to go through the whole process so like it's not the end of daca we're deporting mass numbers of people like th there's there's logistics to it but you have to also admit and and, and i know this because i'm half mexican and and I know for a fact because the Mexican side of my family talks about it all the time. How recently a lot of the influx for every one good uh, person that's doing that's uh, that that that's putting in the work and there's there's the people that are just here causing all this riffraff. Absolutely. Not only that, when they get sent back to Mexico, then you get the word over there like how the town where they came from is worse off because of them. Absolutely. So why do we want the bad ones? You know, and again, I'll repeat it again. You said it best. Illegal immigration has been so lax, or, or, or the government's handling of illegal immigration has been so lax, people forget there's an actual thing as legal immigration. Within these six months, we can, we can try and handle it as best as possible and actually have a pathway. 
So that to me, that's 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 as uh, as easy as it gets. And and for people that that are worried, um, I mean, you just have to pay attention when these within this uh, time, like what legislation gets passed and and what you could do um, as far as uh, well, well, not what you could do because obviously you're gonna be sitting in the sidelines seeing what's what's happening, but what what the what Congress is gonna do, you know? Because you definitely do need a win. That's one thing I was I was uh, right before the podcast. We were watching that video. That is one thing. Congress hasn't been doing a very good job in like for having a Republican president and then a Republican Congress. Yeah. You haven't been so now you have six months to do something good with this. Because to if do you something fail at this, monumentally great. Yeah. Really. Like and 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 that I feel like of Trump's presidency has been my biggest disappointment is the Congress. Yeah. Like where is the fucking spine? Yeah. Like, where is it? <laughs> Yeah, well, to me, it's like you talked so much. You, you you were talking so much shit about the left, this, this, and that, this, this, and this, and then you have everything in your corner, and yet you still make things hard. I will put, as far as uh, the one one major uh, legislation that they're working on, which is the whole uh, health care, and I think you were the one who mentioned, you said that like the one thing that, that Trump kind of let Congress take care and be like, hey, this is your baby, let's make this happen, has been the one thing that has came back and bit him in the ass, which is like, why don't we let everyone from the, from the from, why don't we let government or the establishment handle this, which is c- completely contrary to what your rhetoric was, which was like, no, I'm not establishment, we're going to look at things differently, so. yeah. And, 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 and the idea of, of, of government even handling that is just I, repulsive to me. But, um, of course, with this whole DACA debacle, there's no shortage of uh, people losing their minds, including Hollywood. So I'm going to read you some tweets from, you know, different Hollywood people. And, you know, you just tell me what you think of it. So this tweet is from uh, Modern Families writer and producer Danny Zucker. Dear Christians, if you support at real Donald Trump's decision to end DACA, your Christianity is bullshit. But on the other hand, fuck you. So just ignorant, belligerent Hollywood people that think they know something about something. But really just use this as an opportunity to say how you really feel. Like really, on the other hand, fuck you, Christians. Like, like what? where is that coming from? What, what do Christians have to do with this? <laughs> And I have a friend. I have a friend that always that we work with. He always plays around. With, he always plays around. With, he always like, man, I'm a Christian man. I'm a Christian man. And I just like, he's a good dude. And I just picture like this dude just telling, hey, fuck you. Like, yeah. like what does DACA and and President Trump and his decision on it have to do with Christians? No, that's just that's that's ignorance at, at its best and humorous. Thank you for telling me that. This one this one was a little bit eye-opening and I had actually tweeted something about it. Uh, this is from Alyssa Milano. Our country should protect children. Period. This should not even be a discussion. And so I I tweeted something that uh, Trump had said I don't know how long ago it was, but he had said uh, they had asked him about the dreamers, you know, which are the people that are in the DACA program. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, what about our dreamers? What about like American children?" Dreaming, and I think that was like a very valid point, a, oh, nas- yeah. a nationalist point, but a valid point. Like, why is it that we're becoming so concerned about everyone else with everybody else? Listen, 
politicians like you as a person if you want to be generous and giving and and loving to, to the whole world that's fine as a person as an individual yeah. but as a politician as a president it's their job to look out for your best interest the citizens of their countries of their constituencies of their districts whatever whatever capacity they hold yeah. that's their job I, i'm what the fuck I can't worry about Mexican children. Like I'm obviously I don't want them to die. Like I'm 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 still a humanitarian, but like my job is Americans. Like that's my job. Like why are you asking me about like some 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 illegals that like okay, like the contributing ones, let's let's work it out and figure it out. But like why is that like the main agenda on the table? Like what about our kids? Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and it, he was very straightforward because I saw that video and how, how he was saying the, the unemployment rate is at 58% for, mm-hmm. for African Americans and how he's like, I want people to dream that are, that are American. How, how come we don't talk about that? How come we don't talk about the 58% of unemployment? So he's like, from 20, 30, 40, and 50-year-olds, men in their primes, and we can't, we don't have, you know, he's like, and then he, and then he went on to say that, you know, President Barack Obama was a president for eight years. What did he do for them? He didn't do anything. Right. He's like, I wouldn't get a pass. He got a pass. I wouldn't get a pass. And it's true. Check, check out this one from uh, Josh Gad. The most cruel, disgusting, vile man to hold office of the president in modern era and possibly era, ever. So that's Josh Gad. Um, you know, always, uh, yeah, always a genius, Josh Gad there. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Adam McKay, which I like Adam McKay. Like he's he directed uh fucking uh Step Brothers. Mm. So there's a lot of people that are gonna be hurt by this one, but it's like booting eight hundred thousand law abiding and productive people out of the USA by repealing DACA is cruel and stupid. But cruel and stupid is the Trump family model. You know, it's so funny to me. All these things is just straight garbage because Oh, Again. With, just to finish your oh, point before God. you say that, because you Please said garbage, no. and this is a Sir Silverman tweet. Please, no. <laughs> Please, no. All I can think to say is that Trump is to Trump, you are garbage. <laughs> and then I realized he's probably garbage because his father told him, you are garbage. So I had to get that in because you mentioned garbage. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a fucking moment. This is this is terrible. And, 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 and again, we... How are we smarter than than these people? Like I would, well, I mean, just because you're an actor, or you're a comedian, that don't mean you're smart. That don't, at yeah, all. that don't mean you're smart at all. But it's just like, I Sarah would, Silverman, I don't think is smart at all. That yeah. bitch, like that bitch, never made me laugh once. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, she's a little bit better than Amy Schumer, but that's not saying much. But uh, yeah, ridiculous. We just said, we just like. This is what responsible journalism is, what we just said. We said, Obama, this came out of his mouth. This is a Band-Aid. You know, well, not not necessarily this exactly came out of his mouth verbatim. But essentially what he said was, this is not, this is a temporary thing. So we can, you know, go about it. So, so ending DACA and then having six months to, you know, handle the situation is the correct way of handling the situation i don't understand like what people are it's just the ignorance level it's 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 ridiculous and it and it's upsetting because it's like you you people are grown-ups and children watch you guys 
on TV and and you know obviously as a child you always look up to someone that's a grown up and you're like oh wow hey, you must have valid yeah. points because you're a kid and ignorance is motherfucking bliss isn't it well that's irresponsible of you and that's irresponsible of you because you're not really handling the situation how you should you're not analyzing the situation and you're not giving a you're not giving valid points you're just saying fuck you you're an asshole for doing this what do, what does that do you know what i'm yeah. saying like and this is what I'm tired of. This is what I'm tired of is all this. Uh, just, it's become just finger pointing. Like just, yeah. you know, fuck you. No, you fuck you. No, fuck you. And you know, meanwhile, hanging with apes is giving you the best possible, you know, <laughs> the best possible explanation for all this while everyone is bickering. Like that's it's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it reminds me of the Milo book, uh, Dangerous, because there's this. Uh, I forgot what chapter. I think it's uh, the first oh, chapter. Well, before you get into it, let's let people know that that was another great book suggestion on my part. Oh yeah, yes, excellent, excellent. And as a matter of I'm, fact, I'm fucking what was it three and zero with these book suggestions yeah. this year? The was it the wealth, poverty, and politics? Yep. Miley dangerous and uh, and um, uh, Mark uh, Manson's the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yes, classics. I love you. Yeah, dude. Man, you got to fucking... I've been trying to give you some, some fucking golden ones, man. You got to... Nah, you have those. <laughs> <laughs> you got to read those, man. But what, okay. but what what was the segment out of Milo's book? I'm trying to see about? if... Because if, uh, I don't have the... I don't have the... The... What do you call it? The digital book. But maybe in the sample it has it so I could uh, kind of give you... So pretty much you're living in the past. Yes, I'm living in the past. Which is crazy, you know how how I uh, how we found the book is we were in the airport. Yeah, on our yeah we were on our way too, right? Yeah, yeah. On our way to L.A. Which is ridiculous because like did, nowhere in any store could you get it. You could pretty much just get it digitally or order it. Oh, here it is, on um, freedom. So so the chapter is called on freedom of speech and political correctness, right? And he starts off, which is like the most brilliant shit that you could do. Um, he starts off by by having quotes. And I'm sure you've you, you read those quotes. So this is how it starts. If Muslims are primarily the people that are blowing up planes, then I would like them to be searching Muslims before I get on a plane. Chelsea Handler. I used to date Hispanic guys, but now I prefer consensual. Amy Schumer. And get there. Yeah. <laughs> behind, ever, behind every successful rap billionaire is a double as rich Jewish man, Trevor Noah. The Nazis did have flaws, but they did not look fucking fantastic Wait, no, no. The Nazis did have flaws, but they did look fucking fantastic while they were killing people on the basis of their religion and sexuality. Russell Brand. What kind of world do we live in where a totally cute white girl can't say chink on network television? Sarah Silverman. <laughs> and then, the left is filled with hypocrites who choose their targets of outrage based solely on their politics. Milo. <laughs> fucking, well, hold on. Could you hear this? <laughs> you I just dropped a motherfucking mic. Well, his yeah. phone, so he yeah. probably needs a new one now. Yeah. I need a new Strong one. Strong work on that. Fuck, I should have had OtterBox before this. But, you know, it's it, the, the audacity of these people who say that they're tolerant. And I'm not saying that, that joking or about this stuff, but it's like you're sensitive when you want to be sensitive. Right. And, and see, and, and if those were people like us and the people that we mess with that are always cracking jokes and, like, are, are to the core not malicious and yeah. not biased... I would I would probably laugh at some of that stuff, but I don't laugh at it because I do know how hypocritical it is yeah. because those are the same people 
that if somebody cracks a joke or says something that they deem a little bit out of line, they want to cut their throat. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, and, and he, and it, it was brilliant on his part to yeah. have put that in there. Th- that was brilliant at his finest. And you know why? That's why I respect, and, and that's why, as a fan, you should always support the people that are doing it the right way. Um, on Thursday, I'm going to go see uh, Chris Rock again. I know we went to go see him in Cincinnati, <laughs> but I'm going to go see him again because I respect that guy because he's always been a very balanced person. I could take those type of jokes from, from, from Chris Rock, but that's because Chris Rock is a smart guy that never looks at things uh, so one-sided. I respect that. I respect that from Dave Chappelle, the way he handled, you know, because obviously you could tell Dave Chappelle wasn't very happy that Trump won, but the way he handled it on uh, SNL was way better than anyone in SNL would have handled it. Yeah. I respect Dave Chappelle. I respect people who who are willing to give people fair shakes and who are willing to, you know, joke about shit. Stop being so motherfucking sensitive. Yeah, when and I know we're running a little short on time here, but like like when when you know that somebody isn't taking something serious, that's when it becomes funny. When it's yeah. not funny is when the person does take it serious. And I'm going to give you a quick example of a story that happened at work. Actually, this happened today, and it was, like, super funny. Yeah. So so uh, one of my guys at work, he goes to the vending machine, and he puts in, you know, his – because we, we were able to order some pizza today. He goes to the vending machine, and he puts in $2, and the, the machine ate his money. He didn't get it, right? Yeah. So, so it dropped the pop, but it was just stuck there. It didn't come out, right? <laughs> so so somebody somebody else came through now granted the guy that that his dollar got ate yeah. it was uh it, it was a white guy yeah. and so so here comes this other guy and it's like an older black guy like real cool like like a dolomite kind of like cool black guy you know what i'm saying yeah. so he comes and then i don't even know if he puts money in but like the machine just gives him the pop right yeah. so the white guy is trying to explain the white guy is trying to explain to him like hey that's like actually my pop. He's not making a big deal out about it, but he's like letting him know. Did the pop? Did is that my pop? Like kind of in a joking manner, right? Yeah. yeah. And so and so I I told dude I was like, hey man, don't fucking listen to him. That's just the white man trying to trying to come up off of you, baby. Like don't worry about it, right? And so so to all of us, because I know all these people and they're good people, and 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 none of them are taking this serious. Now, granted, if it was some fucking college professor, he'd be ready to fucking get us all fired. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. But, but like, we're all tight-knit group, and, like, we're laughing about it, right? So, dude, that gets the pop, he opens the pop, and he just, like, drinks it, like, just enjoying the shit out of it. And he's like, ah. And then he starts doing, like, this little this little dance, right? And I'm like, yeah. So, I'm like, you know, like, dancing to it. I'm like, that's the... I'm like that's the come up off the white man dance, <laughs> and so and so I tell him I tell him like kind of that shit that we were saying in L.A. Like I love to see young blacks getting money. Oh, I was yeah. like I love to see when the black man comes up off the white man. And then I looked and then I looked right at the white dude because he listens to the show. And I was like I was like plus you gonna get it back in some other white privileged way anyway. <laughs> He's like. He's like, what is it? What's going to happen? Am I going to go home and it's going to be raining pops? Like, how am I going to get it back? <laughs> it Great was so hilarious. Shit. But my point is, the reason why all of that is funny is because nobody takes that shit serious. Yeah. If any one of us took it serious, yeah. it wouldn't be funny. In fact, we wouldn't even fuck with them yeah. because because it's like, damn, like. And the reason why like none of us take it serious is because we all understand the gravity that the people that put that shit out there are fucking retarded. Yeah. So we're really in actuality. Us all laughing together is laughing at them. Like, yeah. you motherfuckers are so stupid 
Like you got people that are of, of different races and different creeds working together. In some cases, working together in environments that they're just trying to survive. And like you worry, you worried about some fucking ten demands by Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was a funny situation, but um, that's fucking hilarious. I would have, I would have, I, I thought, I thought when you said that when he drank it, he was like, ah, privilege. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have fucking lost my shit if you would have said some shit like that. But uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was real funny. But um, but yeah, I guess in six months though, this may not even matter because we might be at war with North Korea anyway. So oh, I guess God. it doesn't even matter. This shit is uh, fucking, so so they uh wh- where did they drop this hydrogen bomb which which at first people thought was a fucking uh earthquake <laughs> they man, did this it. motherfucker is crazy what i don't understand is like at what point do you intervene like i you just let them just rack up yeah yeah well nikki haley she was pretty much saying like they're not giving us any more options we're gonna yeah. have to and and north korea has to be smart like as, oh, smart and North Korea, I don't think those two really yeah, fuck, <laughs> go maybe. in the same sentence. Yeah, we're done with this segment. because <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but it's like, you know, as much as China backs you and Russia backs China, money, money is, yeah. is, the, is the key. And you're fucking with the money, dude. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And, and like... North you, Korea reminds me of fucking Jip Rossetti. And was it season three of... Uh, was it season three or four yeah, of Boardwalk Empire? Season three. Which just, is the best just, season of fucking Boardwalk. Just off the fucking chain. Like, what? Like, what? You just, you got to do something. Yeah, and, um, you know, little by little, they've done sanctions here, sanctions there. Not, like, that don't mean that, nothing. That, yeah, that ain't going to mean shit at the end of the day. And uh, we're going to have to handle this situation. Because, really, what it is, is North Korea hates Western values. You know, they don't like us. And we can't sit there and, and be okay with them. You know, harassing Japan, harassing South Korea, yeah, South Korea, harass. You know, like you can't. You know, these guys are our friends. These people are on our side. They're our allies. That coupled with the fact that they're constantly threatening us, yeah, constantly. Yeah, you know, they're begging for war. And I, I do, I do recognize that that most, and we've we've talked about this on the show before, Mm -hmm. that most military action analysts have said that many people will lose their lives if we go to war with North Korea. Between yeah. South Koreans and North Koreans and just, you know, the other countries that get involved. But, I mean, what do you do? Like, what do you, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, it's really, I understand, like, you don't want war. Yeah. yeah. But, but what do you... And Trump doesn't want war. Trump but, doesn't want war. Trump, the main reason also uh, Trump, like there's his supporting base liked him so much was because he wasn't trying to you know get into this serious stuff or into let them handle their situation as as long as they don't fuck with us as long as the only time because i think it was uh early in, in, in on into his presidency where he bombed a base a syrian base because they used chemical you told us you didn't have chemical weapons you used them this is a warning we tell you something you know it is what it is it was more so symbolic because during the same time that he did that, then he had ships going towards North Korea. Yeah. So really, that was not only uh, good on, on his end to be like, hey, Syria, we're not fucking around, but like also to tell North Korea, like, yeah, we don't fuck around. It was really more so a sign for North Korea. And um, at this point, we have, you know, 
our eyes on them and and the thing is if, if they keep acting in this manner um it's not so easy because uh i was having a conversation with someone at work and they were like well we it's not you know it has nothing to do with it. yes it does it's like again south korea and and japan they're our allies it's like it's like you're part of a a crew and someone's getting fucked with you're not gonna sit there and be like, oh well you just handle it guy no you're, no. you're you back his ass up yeah, because this shit is dangerous now. She's getting, she's gonna get real and, and, greasy. And the person that said that, the person that said that, is not recognizing like the amount of times that this person that North Korea has threatened us. Yeah, like it's not just them, you know, doing tests over Japan or missiles over Japan or or South Korea and provoking. They're they're also egging us on too. So it's more than just that. Like way more than just that. And then not only that. After that show of force that Trump did by like kind of encroaching on them, yeah, they didn't back down. So it makes you wonder either either they're really like trying to bluff the shit out of this, and they don't have nothing, but they're maybe trying to get some money out of the situation. Like, oh, okay, well maybe we can like get the world like pretty much what Clinton did with them. Yeah, maybe they could get that, or they must be ready to rock. Like you know, yeah. like one yeah. of the two, or unless this dude is like just a complete lunatic and he doesn't even know what he's doing. Yeah. But um, it's it's Fucking. it's sort of tough to assess because, like, and I'll be the first to say, and 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 it's kind of looking like I was wrong. I didn't take them like uh, like originally when Trump became president. Me and my dad were talking about it. I didn't take North Korea as serious as a threat as they seem to be. Now I kind of said I was more so on the oh well you know they they talk a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of bark, but like with everything they're doing. It makes me wonder either maybe they still are a lot of bark, but they're trying to like bluff the world into like kind of caving to them. Yeah. Or maybe, like I said just a second ago, maybe they're really ready to go. It's on another level. That hydrogen bomb, that's how many times this, this how many times is a hydrogen bomb uh, an atomic bomb? I mean, because that's another thing people might not know. Um, let me see. It's It's like. I was looking at at how massive that is. That could end like if if the if if you dropped a hydrogen bomb in New York, dead smack in the middle, that would destroy all the boroughs. That would be the end of all that. That's how massive that is. It's not even an atomic bomb. And I and I, and I really encourage people to go to Google and look at the comparisons because they even have videos comparing comparing the hydrogen bomb to the atomic bomb and all that. This is a massive bomb. This is you're playing with fire now. And it's not like something that you could just look past. You you're just testing hydrogen bombs just for the fuck of it. No, that's that's yeah yeah. You're prepping for something. Yeah, definitely. So. And, and and not not to mention a hydrogen bomb that could fit in, into a missile. You know, like that you're yeah. trying to put a tip of a missile and send it somewhere. I mean, just the, the simple fact that like if they have it in the air and you're shooting it down, wherever it's over, it's gonna destroy. You know, so it, it, it's. It's a very volatile situation and something that, you know, obviously is going to have to be handled, you know, accordingly. So I just hope that the least amount of deaths could be a possibility, but I don't really see if, if there is a war. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot I, of death. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what the end will be, like, as far as, like, this situation. But uh, it's definitely getting scary. Yeah. But um, what I do... When I get scared, is I like to watch documentaries. <laughs> Shit. And uh, I, I was just uh, thinking about it, uh, and I wanted to go over like what a good year for documentaries it's been. And like we've talked about the defiant ones on the show before. What other ones uh, have we talked about? Well, 
I, there was another one, right? It was the Defiant Ones, and didn't we talk about another one this year? The Defiant Ones. Uh, the Defiant Ones. Um, shit, there's been so I many. I know the last few years there have been good documentaries, like the Jinx on HBO. That was a great one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm watching this one on uh, Netflix right now. It's called The Keepers. It's a little bit more slow pace than the Defiant Ones, but uh, it's a real interesting story. It's about this nun in 1969 that worked at this school, uh, all-girls school, and she pretty much finds out that these girls are getting uh, sexually abused by the priest, and she's going to, I guess, uncover it, but then she ends up dead. Shit. Yeah, and so it's about some of the people that are, like, uh, investigating the cold case are former students, and then, you know, some are, like, there's, like, this one, uh, he's, like, a journalist, there's just a few different people, like a team of people working on this cold case to like, you know, uncover the truth. And I haven't finished watching it yet, but uh, it's just it's just real interesting. And it's crazy to me how in depth some of these documentaries are getting, because even even uh, with the jinx that like resulted in like real world uh, uh, proof, you know, like they actually ended up using that documentary for that was, that was crazy. for the case. <laughs> that documentary didn't get the eyes it should have. No, like, people... it, it's weird. It's weird. It didn't. It, it it's not as well known as you would think for how good it is. Yeah, because that was that was an excellent documentary, and HBO puts out a lot of great documentaries. You know which one I didn't see? Uh, how to make a was how to make a murder or something like that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. Uh, uh, there was a lot of hype behind it, so I would definitely want to sit down and 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 check it out. But as uh, as we all know, we're so into all this shit. We're, we're either watching. We're, we're movie buffs, we're sh you're like TV buffs and all this stuff. So it's like sometimes you get stuck just watching so many things that you just don't get to. And, and, and that's the one thing with television overall in, 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 in the last decade or even longer. It has become so, so great. And watching the 19, uh, what was it, the 1980s? documentary the one that we were oh, watching the, yeah you see the, the one good thing that cnn puts yeah right <laughs> <laughs> which is uh the, i think it's called the 80s and it has it's like a it's well actually it's not even a four part it's like a like eight, eight part or something like that yeah, yeah and it's you know it has everything from like the aids epidemic to uh, ronald reagan and then one which was very interesting which is the first episode it has like the tv yeah and to me I that like was that crazy. one a lot yeah, yeah. and because it, it showed that it was really the dawn of of what TV is now. Like yeah. that, it, it's when the eighties was when TV started kind of breaking the rules, and then they were talk about like the first episode of a show where like they introduce a gay character, yeah. or like they'll talk about certain things that that like it kind of wasn't safe to talk about previously. Yeah. So yeah, it it was a definitely interesting transition from what it was to what it is now. Yeah. Now though, I do feel like it's getting a little oversaturated. Like yeah. a lot of it is hard to kind of keep up with. Yeah, there's all these shows. It's like it's not just one comic book show, Daredevil on Netflix. Now it's Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and I just can't keep up with it. Like no, I don't no even way. have the time. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who has the time. I mean, if you're a kid, I Something would say like, yeah. There's, there's people that I know that I hear and they watch all this shit. Like no, I can't really like what my, I would wish to, but I you just can't. My whole like way of going about it now is like I really just keep up with the best of the best, like yeah. Game of Thrones. 
and even with game of thrones i don't really like watch it when the season is out i kind of like to wait till it's the season is over so i can kind of watch it all at once yes yeah, it's, more, it's more of an experience for me yeah it's so fucking tough not to fucking tell you what the fuck you know like i'm like, oh damn did you watch no i'm gonna watch it till it's yeah over. and i gotta like, oh, and, and i've become asshole. sort of a pro at like kind of uh uh journeying through the internet without like getting the shit spoiled because you know motherfuckers just snap it spoil and want to snapchat and tweet about it like so i've been pretty good at it like not this season nothing really got revealed to me yeah um you know before i was able to catch it but yeah it, it's crazy that's it's why crazy. that's why shows like the walking dead uh i kind of fell off from and, and we were having this debate with uh with donnell and Neil and, and, on, on our yeah. way back from Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah it was actually that's uh, that debate is actually something that I wouldn't mind having like a an, an episode on, or maybe like maybe because we've been thinking about series ideas. Yeah. Maybe like we could like have like show debate something because that was like an epic as debate: The Walking Dead oh, versus yeah. Game of Thrones. I mean, I don't see like what how in their right mind they could think that like the two are comparable to one no, another not at all but but you know in their mind in their mind you know like the walking dead was just as good as game of thrones then they never said that it was better but they said it was just as good which i mean we, we both know that it's not yeah that, that's that's i don't know what's wrong with them but uh but yeah i think that's pretty much it for today is uh a lot we went over but um thank you guys for listening there's all kind of subjects in this podcast so if you hear something that we're talking about that you know somebody you know will like make sure you send it to them share it with them email it to them if you have anything that you want us to talk about or you think that we would uh, tackle in an interesting way email us uh write a review um if you're listening on itunes subscribe write a review on soundcloud drop a comment we're out there we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher we're on itunes we're on google play we're there there's really no excuse not to listen and find us send send it to people share it like and comment subscribe we thank you so much for listening this is hanging with apes peace peace